0: All right, welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated Exploring Mind and Body, whether you're listening across Canada on terrestrial radio or around the world as a podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We certainly wouldn't be here without you. Now, today I'm bringing on Justin Roth. He's a gym owner of Poise Fitness, and this is in South Bay. Now, I gotta tell you, I love South Bay, and this is absolutely one of the fittest places in the world. And I also also had the privilege of traveling all over the world. And I got to tell you, there's something about South Bay. You know, like some areas or some places you go, there might be a liquor store on every corner. Well, in South Bay, there's a fitness studio on every corner. And that's why I wanted to interview Justin to talk about what it's like to be a gym owner and and to work out these different types of people, whether they're professionals or parents or wherever they may be. And I mentioned this when I talked to Justin in the interview that I've been to different gyms, and I've seen people work out there, and it seems like they push their, themselves specifically harder than any other area I've been, which is super cool, and I always wonder where that motivation comes from, but I think the entire atmosphere and being so close to the beach has a lot to deal with it, has a lot to do with it, but Justin has a lot of different insights from where he came from, his philosophy on fitness, how to work out injury-free, and structure workouts in a proper manner so you can progressively work towards your goals, which I very much enjoyed. So I know we got a lot of great tips and suggestions for you to help improve your life. So sit back and enjoy. We got all that coming up.
1: This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Taddea.
0: All right, welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. We heard all about Justin in the introduction. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Justin.
1: Thank you, Drew. I appreciate you having me. It's
0: our pleasure. I'm super excited to hear more about what your beliefs are when we get into health and fitness here. Justin, I know you have, do you call it poise
1: fitness? Poise, correct. Yeah, poise fitness, correct.
0: So I know you have poise fitness there. I've seen it a number of times. And then, of course, you guys are on social media. I think we, we've been following you for a while now. So... Uh, I'd like to know how you got into health and fitness before you decided to bring this poised fitness to life.
1: You know, I, I actually have to credit my father with it. I, I used to get into a bit of trouble when I was younger, and I think he saw the signs of me maybe going into the wrong direction. And we both of us worked at a local YMCA at that time, or worked out rather there. And he knew the fitness manager and convinced him to give me a uh, man- maintenance job there Um, When I was 16. Um, When I became 17, even though you had to be 18 to be a certified personal trainer, they actually snuck me in to one of the courses. I was able to get my certification. They're a little bit loose with the rules there because it's more internally done. And actually started personal training through that um, at age 17 and then through uh, high school. So it was a, uh, I I appreciate the influence from my father because at the time it was, uh, I had a little bit of protest to it, but uh, in the end, like many things that our parents teach us, they're right in the end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no question. And you get a little bit older, and you're like, <laughs> they're right again.
1: <laughs> I'm finding I'm finding more and more. I'm saying that he's loving it now. And, and uh, shout out to my father for the many lessons that he's taught me. That uh, at the time I was like, there's no way I'm going to be like. There's no way that I'm going to turn out like you. There's no way. He's like, okay, just wait and see. And that's the curse I guess all of our parents put on us, but. <laughs> Yeah, Or blessing, depending on how you look at it.
0: So you were raised in Northern California?
1: Correct, yeah.
0: And then you moved on to, what, did you go to school in Arizona?
1: I did. I went to school at Arizona State. And um, from there, I studied business and communications and um, had the intention, actually, of leaving health and fitness. And actually, after I graduated, moved out to L.A. and had a very short stint in uh, music touring and thought that um, was going to work more on the agency side, more on the business side of music. Um, Realized that I had a good experience there, but realized that my passion did lie in health and fitness and made a lateral move back to that um, and became an instructor after that, totally changing my career path. And um, wasn't really sure how it was going to work out, but just knew that I wasn't very happy with my desk job and realized that I needed something more active to, to make me happy during the day.
0: So then you went back to, you started doing personal training again?
1: I did. I did personal training and was a group instructor at a local boot camp gym in Venice. Uh, I lived in Santa Monica at the time, and there was a. It was kind of when the boot camp craze was starting to sprout up around two thousand five, two thousand six, and so I did that. And um, not thinking I would like it, never saw see myself wearing a. Recordless mic and kind of walking (laughs) around and leaving, leading a class and had some issues with that personally in the beginning. Um, but, uh, move it and actually discovered that I really enjoyed it. Um, but the last gym that I was at, we found that there were a couple of things that, I personally didn't feel and from my training my limited training admittedly at the time but my training nonetheless um, taught me were some things that were unsafe that we saw were doing and and some things maybe that were unfortunately championed by the whole boot camp you know no pain no game type you know craze and realized that there is a smarter not harder way of doing things and that prompted the move to form poise fitness and to start my own thing
0: and then, so, because was it because of your business background? Do you think that you're able to make it a success and not close the next day every time you think that you might?
1: You know, it's it's that, and it's also one thing I haven't spoken about was I, I have a really good group of, of trainers that work with us, and particularly, I've, I have a business partner. His name's Rashad. I actually used to work with him at uh, the old boot camp gym, and both of us spoke kind of more on the same lines about finding, you know, a better way to do stuff to not hurt people and, you know, have training actually to help people, you know, as, as consensus as that sounds. Um, so he came along with me and became my partner.
0: And then so for those that are, that are looking to create a team, and I think it's, I love the, the perspective, whether it's our listeners are thinking about maybe doing their own thing in business, but probably more so living a healthy lifestyle themselves. That environment is so important that we talk about and, you you're talking about a team in regards to a business but i think for our listeners when we talk about creating a team or looking at your environment it's those people that around you are they are, like is do you have a team there that are is there to support you and raise you up or is your team dragging you down because that's not a team that i want to play on
1: <laughs> exactly exactly yeah and and that is a big part and, and you hit a thing i think that a lot of times that we're not that cognizant of um, but understand that, be it a workout partner, even somebody that you're just working with that that dynamic is such a big thing, and you know there's those times where and I think maybe even we even think about this sometimes even in romantic relationships where you're thinking, well, can I just do this better by myself? You know what I mean, or am I better off you know kind of seeing what else is out there and you have to go through that and you have to think that, but you know, taking those, you know, it's like any relationship, you have to, you know, have that patience. And you also have to re- remember another thing that my dad told me is you're not too hot yourself. And so a lot of times when you think that you're really, you know, I'm doing all this stuff, I'm, I'm you know, carrying the business on my back. It's like, well, there's a lot of other people actually that are helping out with that too. And you got to kind of look how everything fits together. And, you know, even if you pull one leg off the table, the whole table can fall, even though there still is those other three. So it's important to to remember that and to weigh that out while at the same point, you know, not being too attached to somebody because if somebody becomes toxic, even if a couple of people like them or if they add something, again, you still have to look at that big, you know, that big picture, which is a hard thing. And I think it's just an analogy to life anyway.
0: And how do you think you go about finding that team? Like you're able to find a business partner, maybe you have some other trainers that are That do well for you and on your team. And then we have our listeners probably more so that are looking to have a a team of supportive people, whether that's family members or friends. How do you go about finding those people to support you?
1: You know, I found we've spoken about this, this figurative thing called the it factor. And, And it's figurative just in the sense that I think we all know when we, when we connect with somebody and if without getting too spiritual about it, there's you know, there's a connection that maybe we can't articulate, but you feel it. And I think when you feel that connection with somebody, that's a step in the right direction. It doesn't mean that you're already there, but usually if you have a bad feeling about somebody, there's usually a reason to that. And that's not to say that that other person's a bad person, but just, you know, kind of like the way that yin yin, yin and yang fit, unless those two pieces are complementary, they're not going to fit. So again, that's not anything personally to that person or to you personally, but looking kind of how everything fits together again with any relationship and being able to step back and, and also again, have that humility to be like, okay, well, what am I lacking that this person, you know, can help us out with.
0: And I suppose if you have that open mind of making connections and looking for people to be a supportive, I I couldn't imagine if you're a closed minded individual, to be able to find people that could help raise you up.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of times that, you know, the, the, um, as hard as you are on other people, it's usually you have some level of insecurity about yourself about that. So again, that, that self, you know, that introspection I think is important as well.
0: So when it comes to poise fitness in general, this is going to replicate or emulate your philosophy when it comes to, I suppose living a healthy lifestyle, getting through proper workouts. You mentioned earlier injury-free. What is your philosophy when it comes to what you guys do there?
1: I think we all want some level of poise from our workout, being a sense of confidence or a way that we carry ourselves, whether you're looking to get bigger muscles, you know, trim up or trying to just maintain and tone. No matter what, you're trying to get some level of po- poise and trying to carry yourself well. Um I played football for about three years, not very well, uh, but played <laughs> him no less for about three years. And there was a word that w- that the word poise was brought up a lot. And um, being somebody who enjoys just words and, and writing, uh, I always found that one that one really that word really stood out to me. And a lot of times when I just struggled with confidence in my life, I would remember that word and it would pop up. And so when we were trying to think of what would be the name for the new gym, that just kept popping up in my mind. Um, and so our tagline is, um, is balance is our approach, uh, poise is our goal. So we have a balanced approach to our workouts and poise is ultimately our goal that, that we go about. So we just found, found that that was a more apt name than calling it something generic like cardio fitness or weights fitness or, you know, whatever, something like that. So
0: within your workouts, can you explain what that looks like for our listeners?
1: Our our secret sauce essentially is we offer a level of corrective and mobility exercises that go along with your typical weights and cardio and and strengthening exercises. So all of our exercises work in tandem with each other. There's a synchronicity to each of them. So that way we're not just throwing out random exercises and potentially having certain exercises work against each other or overtraining certain muscles. So, And this is where the genius of Rashad, my partner, comes in. He writes all of our routines and actually has written out uh, four years of routines. And we're getting towards the very end of our cycle to where we're actually going to go back to the very first routine that we did when we first opened, um, I believe in like a month or so. Um, we'll be going back to that, which is obviously a routine that nobody remembers. So, but with all those routines, it basically brings the body through a continuum where we address imbalances, uh, ligament ligaments that get weaker that often t- uh, cause different uh, and such like that. And we address all those while making it a little bit more stimulating than sitting in your physical therapist's office, um and again, having them work together with your typical lifting. Uh, strengthening and your cardio uh, exercises and the idea is just to address the body as a whole and to make you good at everything
0: well i like how i think that more so gyms are moving more towards studio types of atmospheres it feels like i like how you guys have it's not like a conventional gym you're not going to sit there and put you through it's like not like a curves circuit do you guys have right
1: exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's definitely not we we believe in a in in supervision, not in the sense of, of babysitting, but supervision in the sense that you need an objective set of eyes looking at you when you're going through certain motions, just the same way as I do and any of our other trainers do. So that way they can see where those imbalances are and make those little tweaks. And, and so you can get that that second set of eyes, along with the motivation. When you have that other person in there, you're obviously going to work out harder when you have other people in the room working out with you. You feel that energy, plus you have that social pressure, which I know we all don't talk about. But, you know, it's a good social pressure to keep pushing versus, for this, for example, if you're just working out by yourself, you might not go as hard. Now, we say that also with the instructor's responsibilities also to tell people when to stop and when to take breaks, too. It's not always go, go, go. But for them to be essentially the orchestrator of the whole class and to be able to lead the whole band and all the different parts and instruments so that way you know it's a nice symphony
0: (laughs) okay and then so what kind of clientele are coming to work out in in a situation or i don't i don't say don't mean like philosophy i mean like when someone comes to you and they say i have these types of issues what do they come to you is it mostly they want to trim up or is there other things they come to you for
1: you know, we get a lot of, I, 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 I say this with a, a I, I realize the the limitations, I guess, to this term, but with, with very regular people in the sense that they're, and we do have, you know, triathletes. We do have people who kind of do the above and beyond Ironman, you know, go hard with, with you know, their training and stuff and, and work out, you know. Eight days a week and all that. We have a lot of people, and this is our, our target audience are people who don't necessarily look forward to working out. They do it like brushing their teeth. They do it because they have to, and it isn't necessarily something that they hate doing, but it's just, you know, they know they have to do it. So Our thought is to make our workout sort of like the flavored uh, medicine where it's, you know, we know you have to take your medicine, but we're going to make it taste as good as possible. So everything we do is a minute. Everything we do, we try to keep it stimulating so it doesn't become monotonous, so there's less pain. And it's more of the, I guess you want to say, good pain versus the bad pain type stuff. Um, And, you know, we keep the music going and we keep it stimulating. And before you know it, the hour is done. And so with that and with the way that we have everything set up, we find that just people who struggle with that motivation, struggle with that guidance, really do well and um, respond and stick with what we do.
0: So with the one-minute exercise, so you have a, let's say, a squat press. Right. For one minute, then they move on to something. They'll
1: move – Exactly. So, depending on the class, in most cases, we break our exercise or we break our routines uh, into three different categories: uh, strength training, uh, functional movement, and cardio. So, strength training is anything with weights, kettlebells, bands, anything with resistance. Um, functional movement is core, ab base exercises, but primarily physical therapy, corrective exercises, stuff that addresses ligaments, um, joints. The areas, again, a lot of times where we get injured at uh, and cardio is done on the treadmill. It could be a walk or a jog on there. Um, and again, everything's a minute and we go through 10 rounds of those three stations. So there's a transition and there's a break time as people switch. And then there's a bigger break in between every round when we explain what the next you know, uh, round is. Um, but the explanations are usually a minute or less. So everything, you know, the pace is kept. It doesn't feel like too much like an exercise science lesson. Um, and, you know, before you know it, you're out.
0: And then so when when these individuals are, are coming in as, you know, it, it was interesting to me, like in the South Bay area, like I've been to a handful of different gyms in the area and it seems like, and it, I, w- I would use the average person loosely in, in the same regard you did, but the average p- type of person, professional, uh, parent, whatever they may be, it seems like they push themselves incredibly hard. And I feel privileged to, that I was able to train in different parts of the world, but it seems like for some reason in South Bay, people are working quite a bit harder than in other areas of the world.
1: Very true, very true. <laughs> and, and we've realized that, and, and you know, we've talked about when it comes to, you know, we're hoping to to be uh, lucky enough to continue to expand. Uh, but it, it is funny how, and we have spoken about that how the people around here are exceptionally strong and they are exceptionally fit. And I, you know, a lot of times with the proximity to the beach, maybe that puts an unconscious pressure, you know, to do that, you know, for whatever reason along with that. But yeah, people are, it's, we, we're noticing that we have to give, we give modifications and progressions. Modifications if people need to make an exercise a little bit easier, a progression if they're looking to advance the exercise. And we're realizing that we have to give a lot more progressions than we do modifications. Um, but you know that's, that's with adjusting to different communities and different individuals. And the nice thing is we've, we've had, um, we have a former Olympi- Olympic athlete actually that comes in and works out. I know not your average everyday person, but who's taken, uh, we had a, I forgot it was during a holiday and we had just a a lighter class and there's an ended up being just two people in class. So she was one of them. And then we had a woman who was in her sixties, arthritic in both of her knees and her wrist. Um, and both of them took the same class. We gave progressions to the former Olympic athlete modifications to the, um, older woman. And they both had a good class both were challenged at their same level and both both walked out with a smile on their face so that's kind of the nice thing is if you give that little bit of extra effort or take the time to make those adjustments you can really make a workout up or down to whatever level the individual
0: you mentioned you enjoyed literature writing what's your most recommended book
1: oh geez um
0: no it's tough you gotta give me one though (laughs)
1: let's see um you know, I found there's a, um, there's a book called breaking all the rules and it's a book on management. Um, and I guess maybe, I guess you can use this, I think for anything or just interacting with people, but it speaks about that. Everybody sort of has their niche in their, their interest. And a lot of times we're taught to teach people how to do the things that they're not good at. And a lot of times that can create frustration. Obviously I'm not, uh, Math isn't one of my strong suits, so a lot of the times when I took math, math classes, obviously felt defeated in this and that, and you know, just biologically we're we're we advance in certain areas and are you know not as good in certain areas. So anyway, the book teaches us basically to uh, appreciate what people are good at and to have them work on that versus feeling like they need to work on their weaknesses. Um, and from a management perspective, it empowers people more. It gets their output higher, even though a lot of times we think, well, yeah, this person isn't as good as at this, so let's get them stronger at this. And you know, we're gonna if they can't do it, we're gonna need to write them up and we're we're gonna need to do this. There's little ways to make tweaks to find what they're what people are good at. And the same thing could be applied to training in the sense that people have things that they're strong at and they're weak at. So you celebrate the things that they're strong at and, you know, take your time, you know, with the things that they're not as good at and you can balance it out from there. Um, But I always found that that was a very interesting thing just with connecting and understanding the person that you speak to. I think so often we're speaking and it's like, well, why can't this person understand what I'm, you know, my perspective? And I think that gives you a chance to kind of think about, okay, well, what does this person want? What are they good at? What are they motivated by? And stepping out of ourselves, I think is a useful tool.
0: You mentioned your dad a number of times earlier on in the, in the interview. Is he still someone that you're able to uh, talk with or ask for advice with as you run your own business? Yes,
1: definitely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I yeah, There was something that he told me about when we during the first year that we opened up. And I gave him all these different reasons why that wouldn't work out. And then fast forward to a couple months ago, I called him up. I was like, you know what you, tell you that When you told me that thing, it was he made a little recommendation about one of our treadmills. Um, and then I called him, I was like, you know what, after all that time, you are absolutely right. So no, I am and more often than not. Now I'm calling him up to tell him that he's right. Just cause I figured that he <laughs> deserves that after all <laughs> these years of giving, giving pretty sound advice, which I know he's loving. but yeah, no, i I do. And, and still ask him questions. And I think that's really important whether it's a father, or just some sort of a role model or somebody that you can ask questions to, even if, you know, you have times where you don't want to hear the advice or, you know, whatever it is nice to have that extra person.
0: And do you feel like that kind of translates to the clients that you work with? And when they come to you for advice, sometimes they probably don't want to hear the answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a very good observation. Yes and no. Actually that is a lot of times the case because we'll give a recommendation. Somebody will say, Oh yeah, that makes sense. And then they'll come back the same week with the same thing. And then, you know, we can mention it again. Um, But I think we all kind of have that. And sometimes you just either need to hear the same thing or, you know, that's where sort of humility comes in is that, you know, I think humility is that when somebody tells us something, we don't listen. And then, you know, we find out they're right in the, you know, in the end. But I think that's all part of growing. And when you're open to that and as hard of a pill as that is to swallow, When you're open to it, it leads to progress and it leads to getting yourself better. And it's not getting that other person better. So when you kind of reshift it and put the ego to the side, I think you can then use each day as a way to get better.
0: Yeah, I think that goes back to having that open mind when we talked about environment and looking for a a supportive team. If you have that open mind from hearing advice, whether you want to hear it or not, or maybe you go somewhere else or you try something different because you you don't want to do what what was (laughs)
1: dull. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But when you come back to it and you have that open mind, I think that's where results really lie. That's where we can find the progress that we're looking for.
1: Yeah, exactly. And again, I think, you know, such as life, you know, having that objective perspective is is really useful. Um, One other thing that uh, another really, really useful tool that was encouraged by my partner Rashad, he, he does this several times a day. And just recently have been able to get into more of a frequency about five or six times a week, but meditating. And even if it's just for a minute or two, I try to get five, 10, usually 20 minutes if I can. Um, but just kind of having that moment where you pull back and I want to say you step out of yourself, but I feel like just kind of that practice of, of, shutting down all the noise in your mind helps you do that and helps you accept other people's perspectives and, you know, challenge everything, um, you know, challenge your conventions and, Again, dust, I I believe, that can lead to progress.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know what? It's kind of funny here. This is year seven. As I interview guests this year and... It comes up so often. I feel like, and I say this, I say this all the time. It, I, it's got to be 90% or plus of my guests that come on and they say, if you want to reduce stress, if you want to have more time in your day, if you want to have more energy, it always comes back to breathing exercises or meditation yep. in some way. And it's, it's fascinating to me that it's, it's right there. It's like, it's right in front of our face, but often we just don't take the time to do it.
1: We really don't. Yeah, it's funny, and I've I feel like I've heard that for a long time, and I've always been a big I don't want to say naysayer, but just kind of like you know have to see it to believe it kind of thing. But it's it's the closest thing to I don't want to say instant results, but I noticed a big difference at least stress wise within three to four days of doing it consistently and. Yeah, I was never really a big person into it. thought. It was too spiritual, too chanty and all that. And you don't you don't need anything. You just sit and you you just need to sit and the willingness to get better or to relax or willingness to change your mind state somehow. And more and more you do it, the easier it becomes.
0: So you try to do that every day for roughly 20 minutes,
1: (laughs) roughly 20 minutes. Sometimes it's more. Sometimes it's less. Actually, more times it's less. And is, that, occasionally I'll do it
0: 30 <laughs> and is that to start your day or midday or whenever you can? What does that look like for you?
1: I'll usually do it. I try to pair it with something that I do every day. I used to do it before I went to bed. I would brush my teeth and then do it. So it was easy to kind of pair those two together. Um, and I found that I actually got more benefit doing it right after I ate uh, lunch, just because usually lunch, most people, you know, you can take a lunch. So if I turn my phone off, I can have that excuse, you know, to to kind of sign off for a minute. So I'll usually eat, and as I'm digesting, I'll usually meditate for about 15, 20 minutes. Um, And usually I'm ready to get get into the second half of my day after that point. Uh, Used to feel a lot of times that midday slump, that energy slump, and used to pound coffee, do the five hour energy, and all that stuff, and then would have issues sleeping. And found actually that this is the best thing to give me energy midday or give me that extra little boost
0: yeah absolutely i I couldn't agree more it's so i feel like i'm on the same page like sometimes it's a struggle to make it happen i feel like i'll do it for three weeks and then forget about it for a couple months (laughs) then i come back to it and i'm like how can i (laughs) have forgotten about that
1: (laughs) right exactly but it's good you know anything that's the beautiful thing about it is you can always come back to it
0: All right, Justin, just before we wrap things up here, let me know for our listeners here that want more details as to what you have going on or if they want to follow along or even visit your gym. Can you share some details with us?
1: Absolutely. Um, our website is poisefitness.com. That's P O I S E fitness.com. Um, anybody who's local in the South Bay or in, in the LA area, we offer a free week of classes. So you can sign up for that, uh, online and get some more information about us. And um, we'll be, uh, expanding out within the next year or two. Um, we will be expanding and hopefully open up our second, possibly third location. We're trying to figure out exactly where that's going to be, but hopefully within the, uh, the LA area uh, by 2019 and then hopefully, uh, the rest of the nation in the coming years. Uh, but yeah, you could do that. Follow us on at poise South Bay or at poise fitness is our handle on Facebook. Uh, and again, poisefitness.com.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much, Justin. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your time with us.
1: I appreciate it, thank you so much for your time All right, that's gonna wrap things up for
0: this edition of Exploring Mind and Body, thank you so much for being here, thank you for tuning in and sticking around till the end, so many little tips and insights from Justin, he clearly has a great mindset when it comes to living a healthy lifestyle through health and fitness, designing workouts and running a business, so much to what he has going on and we appreciate his time for coming on and sharing his expertise here with us on Exploring Mind and Body, all past shows are good to be going up on exploringmindandbody.com, so if you ever miss a show, you can always go back and check out past shows there. We also have a free app that you can download on any Apple device, so you can download the, the app. And then you can t- take the shows with you wherever you go. And you can find out more details as to what we have going on at trueformlife.com. This is where we put together more specifically meal planning, recipes, grocery shopping lists, and more. I'm going to leave you with that. Once again, thank you so much for being here. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening.